Well, Elon Musk has definitely ruined Twitter on Earth, but is he ruining space too? Musk's company SpaceX operates Starlink, which is the largest collection of satellites in orbit at present. Our next guest is one of the co-authors of a new study published in the peer-reviewed journal Astronomy and Astrophysics, which set out to measure how much electromagnetic radiation the Starlink satellites are emitting and the potential impact of those emissions on radio astronomy. Dr. Federico De Bruno is co-director of the IAU Centre for the Protection of the Dark and Quiet Sky from Satellite Constellation Interference. And he joins us now. Welcome to Sunday Extra. Thank you. Thank you very much. Federico, there's no mistaking the purpose of your organisation from its title, but I wonder if you could outline for us a little bit more the issues behind that name. The amount of satellites that are now being deployed with all these large constellations are creating some challenges for astronomy in general. There are two effects that are going on right now. One is the reflection of light from the satellites, and that's creating these strikes that many people have seen in, in optical images. And that also is making satellites visible for the naked eye. And then for the radio astronomy part is the signals that are radiated from satellites. Up to, up to very recently, we were just focusing on the, on the downlink signals of the satellites, the, the signals that are used for communication from the satellite to the Earth, right? In, in the case of Starlink or OneWeb, it's to provide broadband internet. And the, the, the study we recently did was to look into the unintended emissions. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, could you just expand a little bit more on how there are unintended electromagnetic radiations that are separate from, as you say, the sort of the planned communication transmissions that these satellites have back and forth from the Earth? So the basic idea is that any kind of electrical device or electronic device is going to generate some level of electromagnetic radiation. Whenever you turn on something, the TV, the computer it will inherently generate some level of emission, electromagnetic emission. It is normally very, very faint, and that's always the case because no one really wants to generate radiation from a TV, for example, when you don't need it to. And the same is the case for satellites. No, no one is intentionally radiating signals where they don't have to, right? Because that, that also means that you would be losing power in some other frequency, which doesn't make sense. That's something we started to look into 2021, where we did a study, uh, because we were looking at how many satellites are going up there, right, in, in low Earth orbit. And we started thinking, well, if, if this principle that any kind of electronic device will generate some level of emission in some frequency... Right, that's important because normally the, the levels are really low, but you couple that with very, very sensitive radio telescopes. And what happens is that radio telescopes are so sensitive that they are able to pick up this very faint radiation. Right, uh, so, there's, so, there, so there's faint radiation, which sort of everyone's been ignoring, but it actually has the potential to interfere with these instruments. And that's why you decided to try and do an experiment to measure the electromagnetic radiation that's unintended, how did you go about trying to measure that and what did you find? 
So the basic idea was that we, we did this study, right? And the study showed that maybe something to look into. So exactly, we, we got an hour of time, one hour, of the LOFAR telescope in the Netherlands. And basically what we did is we pointed the telescope to the sky, generating a hexagonal array of 90 beams, and we left it there for an hour, just looking at the sky at a fixed position. And we started seeing how satellites went by through this array. You can compare it like with the eyes of, a, of an insect. When you see this hexagonal eyes, it's something mm. similar. So we started seeing how the satellites went by. Actually, we so you're getting like an hour snapshot of of the various Starlink satellites that are going by, and you're sort of then taking that data and sort of abstracting it to the full scale of the Starlink project. Is that the idea? Yeah, exactly. Because at, at the moment when we did this, this observation was back in 2022, and we because we had a very short amount of time because of course telescope time is difficult to get. We we make this very short observation. And so we tried to maximize how many satellites we got in the sky. And most of them were just the Starlink satellites because there, there were so many. And so we got around 68 satellites. And we had to process the data just to understand what's happening in the signals exactly when the satellites are going by these small pixels, which took like less than a second, each one of these transits. Mm. It was a quite involved process to try to find these signals, but we needed to do that because radio astronomy is so sensitive. So based on those snapshot figures, did you find levels of unintended electromagnetic radiation that could be sufficient enough to actually interfere with instruments in the way that you were concerned about? The short answer is yes, but the explanation is a little bit more involved. Sure. Because the way we have to look at these constellations is we have to think on the whole constellation and we have to understand how the constellation aggregates. Because satellites, these this low Earth orbit satellites, they move around very fast around the Earth, right? So what we need to do to understand how, let's say, the intended emissions affect some radio astronomy band, and, and that's, that's important to understand that radio astronomy has some frequency bands assigned in the radio spectrum. Mm -hmm. What we do is an aggregated study where you think how every single satellite is moving and where the radio telescope is pointing. and so, But you need to consider the whole constellation. So I understand that you're extrapolating from the data that you've got. You end your study, though, by saying that what you've discovered really does reveal the need for greater regulation in this area. Is the amount of unintended electromagnetic radiation of a satellite actually regulated at the moment? Well, at the moment, this kind of phenomenon is not regulated as far as we understand, right? We, mm. we are in, in the radio astronomy business. Uh, we do participate in, in the ITU and, and we look at all the, the regulations and how the intended emissions are regulated and how the radio astronomy bands are protected. And as we understand this type of emissions are not part of the regulation that is applied in space, right? On, on the ground, on Earth, we have a lot of very stringent uh, regulations. That means that people, for example, in, in Europe have this CE mark that certifies that any kind of electrical device 
is compatible with the rest of the devices you have in your house, for example. Right? That doesn't mean that they don't radiate. It means that they radiate up to a certain level that mm. is standard that people have studied and it's acceptable. The, the thing we are arguing in the paper is that at the moment there is no equivalent in space for this situation. Have you been in touch with Starlink and SpaceX about your findings? I mean, I'm assuming that they're not on a deliberate mission to ruin the day of radio astronomers, but uh, are they concerned about the findings that, that you've come up with? I, I cannot speak, of course, for, for Starlink, but yes, sure. we, we've been in, in contact with them, especially we, we've been in contact with Starlink for a long time, right, as in the IAU CPS. Uh, we've been discussing with them the situation of the optical reflection, the situation of the downlinks of the signals uh, affecting radio astronomy and what things can be done. And they've been very collaborative on those two areas, right? We've been working with them since they started to launch their first satellites and something, well, pe people started to see that this can be a problem. And they've been very collaborative with the center and with, with astronomy in general. Uh, they, they are doing quite a few things on that area. When, when we saw this, we started to work on our paper, and, and of course we contacted them, and, and we had a few discussions already, uh, which are on the same lines of, of this collaboration, right? which, is, which is quite good, uh, especially because there's no regulation out there. Uh, so it puts us, as astronomers, in a difficult position because we don't really have any regulation to hold on uh, and so, really, the, the relationship that SpaceX at this moment has with astronomy is, is really good because there's also something to consider that we measure a few, let's say, of the Starlink satellites, right? But there's no reason why any other of these large constellations that are, are being deployed or are being planned is not going to have the same behavior. And, and so, what we need to do is to not only seek for regulation um, to, to understand this problem and to, to address this, but we also are looking into discussing with industry so industry can also try to understand the problem and address it as soon as possible. And we understand that regulation can take a little bit of time. Let's say. Well, a dark and quiet sky does sound like a very admirable aim, although, as you say, it might take a while to achieve given how cluttered it's getting up there. Federico De Bruno, thanks so much for joining us on Sunday Extra. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Federico De Bruno is co director of the IAU Centre for the Protection of the Dark and Quiet Sky from Satellite Constellation Interference, and that new study is published in the journal Astronomy and Astrophysics. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.